what's going on guys this is another episode of entrepreneur enthusiast podcast uh i got derailed i was supposed to be in bali for one of my mentors conferences i wasn't able to make it because i had some issues with getting in the country had to come back and i'm fortunate enough because we've i've been planning this podcast for a while and i'm glad we got to i'm glad we got to wait because you've you've hit some some milestones and you've been an entrepreneur for a long time. I think one of my first LLCs I started with you, um, Max and Sync. Max and Sync, along with some <laughs> some others. Um, yeah, you know, shout out to them. But I, and when I when I think of an entrepreneur, I feel like you embody the all the qualities and all the traits of what entrepreneurship is. Um, a, a no bullshit, uh, no excuse attitude. Just get it done, figure it out, and get it done. Um, and you've been on the grind Thank you. Uh, for a long time um, as far as sales. And you can sell the hell out of shit. Um, know that for a fact. So, you know, <laughs> we got Oliver Barroso here. I know him as different names, but we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we got Oliver Barroso here on the Entrepreneur Enthusiast Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really here to, you know, uh, congratulations on your on your recent ventures that that we'll get to, but Thank the you. You. the mindset of an entrepreneur. When when did that first come from you? When did you first start becoming an entrepreneur? Um, you know, I mean, the the it really you know it comes to chasing your passions. Yeah, first so my first passion was was music. Yeah, you know? um, <clears throat> and then just kind of we grew up in that era where you know rappers were entrepreneurs. That was something that they pushed. Yeah. So you automatically kind of wanted to at least get your own little CD ready, get out yeah. there and sell it and, you know, make a name in your own community. Yeah. And now you make a name, make some money. Make some money. Make some money for yeah. it. And, and that, that was, <clears throat> yeah. And that was part of, you know, what you're pushing yeah. is that, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I rap. Yeah, I've got bars and all that, but I'm actually out here in the streets hustling. Yeah. People are, are buying my records. Yeah. So that's really when the entrepreneurship started for me is that I had a passion for music. And if I was going to make music and actually be heard, the yeah. next step was to get out there and sell it. So you had no choice. So that was that was your first sales sales job, entrepreneurship. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, the thing is, really, you're selling yourself. Yeah. No matter what you're doing, you're selling yourself. You are yourself. selling yourself no matter what. No matter what. So, honestly, the first product I sold was a CD. Yeah. And then I learned that I was a great salesperson. Yeah. Because I had always been selling Because it actually myself. worked. Well, I'd, I'd always been selling myself anyway in certain yeah. ways to do this or to do that. So now that I had a product that I could actually monetize and say, hey, this is who I am uh, ob objectified in this, in, this, in this object, in this yeah. product, and I can sell it to you. And in reality, I can tell you the price is 5 or $10. Yeah. But the more I talk to you, the value is actually going up. Going up. It's twenty, hundred dollars. So then, so then you started just just liking that part of it, just the, it. just closing the deal. It was it's strange, man. You know, especially when you're first starting out and you're like in the struggle part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love starting off my day with damn near no money <laughs> and finishing with a pocket. Did, full did of you play money. a lot of Monopoly when you were young? My grandfather did. My okay. grandfather was big on Monopoly. Always we get the family together and play Monopoly, but he would beat the hell out of us. Did, he wouldn't. I would say, did you ever? Did you ever win? Not against him, but you would win against other people. Yeah, once I started to it. play other people, was he like one of those Monopoly players that were like, "There's no real rules to Monopoly because there are no rules in Monopoly. You can make any deal you want. 
you can make any kind of backdoor deal you want, any partnership you want. Right. Um, you can kind of cut people out. You can corner people in. Like, Monopoly is a real screwed up game when you really, like, get <laughs> down to the essence of it. Game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it's still like a... Did, did he beat you like that? Because yeah. when I play people in Monopoly, like starting, once I really learned how to play, I, I, I tell people the story. I went to this camp and I was the only person that looked like me at this camp. Mm-hmm. And at this camp, what type of camp was it? It was a math camp at uh, UCLA Extensions. Mm-hmm. A STEM type of camp. Yeah. So one day the teacher pulled out Monopoly. And the class, like, we all play Monopoly with each other. And I had been playing Monopoly with my friends, but I didn't really know I was playing Monopoly. I bet your dad's a good Monopoly player. I don't know. You never played with your dad? I never played Monopoly with my dad, nah. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I, we never really got to play board games like that. I never really, yeah, I don't know, but I'm going to ask him now. That's yeah. one thing I'm going to yeah. do. My is dad like, and I play chess. He's I'm going to call him out. We need to have a game. Your dad, me and my dad versus you and your dad. Hey, I bet me and my dad. Hey, hey. You know what? Hey, knowing how my dad is on the entrepreneurial tip, I bet y'all would kind of win that. But then again, you never know. I might make up for it, man. We might, you know, we might turn up. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, for real. Like, but I, I swear, I went into this and it was a tournament, and I expected to do good because I was good at Monopoly. I was good. I got the brakes beating off of me, like, like I, I was. As things were coming back and forth, because these kids had played before. And they knew that they knew the rules of Monopoly and they knew the rules. They knew rules, the rules, rules, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's important. The, the rules that aren't written, the rules that aren't written. And it's, so it's important to even know that in the game, like real life, like to know what the rules are, like what people are doing, you know, what, how things flow, like how things go. And a lot of times we don't read the instructions. We just get out and start playing, but yeah. you got to read the instructions. What's one of the hardest things that you've overcome as an entrepreneur when you're pulling out like your life of instructions? You know, I think one of the things, there's a difference between customer service and sales. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And they think that being the nicest person possible and bending over backwards for people is the way to get things done. And it's quite the opposite. Yeah. You need to set your boundaries. Yeah. You need to tell people how it's done. You need to lay out, this is how I do things. Yeah. You know, uh, we used to call it uh, the order of the day. This is what I'm about to do. Yeah. First, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll tell you the whole process, and then I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to get to know you a little bit. Then I'm going to show you the product. Then we're going to try to measure it and uh, put the pricing together for you. Yeah. Then we're going to go over the pricing and how it breaks down. And then we're going to close the deal. Yeah. You can, you can just go ahead and say it. But the, th- the main thing is, you're not in control. I am. How did you end up in Los Angeles? How did I end up in Los Angeles? I'm yeah. born and raised here. Yeah. So how did your parents end up in Los Angeles? <laughs> my mom is from. You, you brought up your dad from Argentina. Mm-hmm. Where's your mom from? Kansas City, Kansas. How'd they meet? My mom, you know, eventually moved here via her parents. Yeah. Um, my grandfather worked for McDonnell Douglas, the mm-hmm. airline. So they went from, I think he was from Little Rock, Arkansas, and he and my grandmother moved to Kansas and were living there, then New Jersey. Then he moved to California by himself and the family stayed back. Yeah. And he moved to Compton at first. Yeah. Bought his first home in Compton. And um, told a lot of his friends out there in New Jersey and in Kansas and Arkansas, hey, you know, they're hiring black people out here. Yeah. Come out to McDonnell Douglas. You can work on the airplanes. Yeah. And a lot of his friends started coming out. And then eventually once, you know, Compton was cool, but then he moved to Baldwin Hills. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather and a lot of his friends were part of kind of making Baldwin Hills a black neighborhood. Yeah. 
And, you know, back then the homes were 75 to 100 grand, maybe 125 yeah. in the 70s. Now they're all $2 million $2 homes. $2 million homes. And they're, it's a predominant. I see the whole, like, L.A. landscape with Baldwin Hills. Baldwin Hills is dope because it's hills in Los Angeles. And from yeah. there you can see downtown, see Hollywood. Yeah. And then, you know, also the freeways are right there. You you know. Everything. It's a great location. So you were, you were like, so you were born right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Baldwin Hills, adjacent to Crenshaw, right by the jungles. So he, he saw your mom at the grocery store. Like. My dad, uh, oh, my dad was from Argentina, moved here when he was 30. Yeah. Came as an immigrant, uh, first How much to, English did he speak? Not very much. Wow, so that's bold, that's bold right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're not just doing that, like, no, like, did, did he have education? Yeah, he was he yeah. was educated. He um he actually went to medical school. So so he was uh he was practicing doc being a doctor. No, he was just went to medical school and was you know being a hippie actually. Okay, it was a certain era, right? And he's like at thirty years old, like he's like, yeah. oh, I'm about to go to the states. You know what's interesting? I didn't know this about my dad until recently because I moved to Argentina with him. Yeah. In 2017, when Trump became president, we made yeah. a bet. The night of the election, he was in America. He lives in Argentina currently, but yeah. we were in America at the night of the election. And we made a bet that if Trump wins, I was going to move back to back with him to Argentina. Oh, wow. Yeah, he held that back. We bet. know how that went. Yeah. And I, yeah, I had to back it up. I said, <laughs> yeah. damn, I, I said it. I'm going to back yeah. it up. So my car was a lease. I turned it in. I had a sales job. I just quit. quit. <laughs> and I said, let's go. Moved out. Let's, let's go. Um, but when I was there, I didn't realize he opened a bar in Argentina. Mm. He had never told me that. And, you know, until I was actually there. We're walking down the street. Oh, yeah, I used to own a bar here. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, when I was in my late 20s, I opened up a bar and, yeah. you know, kind of let too many tabs get too big. Too and, big, you know, yeah. but, and, I, and I get it, right? But that's the thing, being nice. Yeah. I've had to learn in my own life, like, you got to be firm with people. <laughs> Man, you got to be firm as fuck with people. You got to be firm as fuck. <laughs> and even if they're your friends or family, what I've learned is be firm now. Yeah. Say what you got to say. Do yeah. what you got to do. And over time... The relationship will repair. They'll get over it. They'll yeah. respect you for what you did. But get your get your fucking money, man. Yeah, don't it's, don't it's about, let nothing get between you and your money. It's about telling the truth. Honestly, um, you got to just tell the truth and t with your feelings. Yeah. The one thing you got to be true to is your feelings. So people, I feel like people avoid that. Yeah. Um, I feel like people have issues expressing that. Um, and you, you and I have had conversations that and like I've had arguments, arguments, but but it, <laughs> but it's expressive of the of the feeling. You say how you feel, I say how I feel, and you leave and still feel how you feel, <laughs> still feel how I feel. But that, this that's a, is a testament to a lot of people can't handle even that conversation. Right, you right. Know? You're a real one for me, but to take that from me that I said everything, I said you know what, fuck this joke, blah, 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 and walked out, and you're yeah. still like next time I called you was good. Yeah, and I had to learn that. I had to learn that from you and from other people that yeah. even though the last convo went that way, the next time you call me, what's up? <laughs> what's, <that? laughs> what's going on? <laughs> like, that was then. Like This is now. Oh, yeah. you have some more money for me? Good. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on? We just had that conversation. All Didn't right. Go so, well. Oh, well. So your dad's 30 years old. Mm -hmm. He moves out here to the States. Um, was there a why? I think just freedom in general. Yeah. You know, um, when I when I moved over there, one thing I did realize, we're talk, talking about entrepreneurship. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is encouraged and cultivated and celebrated here. Yeah. In some places of the world, it's not. Man. You're viewed as being greedy. 
I'm a patriot. People get on me about that, but yeah. Right. You know, even as African Americans, <laughs> we're very much Americans. We're Americans, yeah. We can't get away from this. So I, when I realized, because I lived there for about four months and made pr- plenty of friends. Yeah. But um, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. I, I began to see the uh, opportunities that other people weren't even seeing. That, you know what? These people like this. They have plenty of this. If they just put that together and sold that here, maybe only for the summertime, but that's why it's a mid lease. Yeah. But that's how my mind thinks. Yeah. And my friend Alex had to tell me that you're an American. You're an American. Every time you speak, you start talking about money. And what did uh, Lawrence Fishburne saying? Uh, it was Boys in the Hood, right? I do remind me. I he was know talking to Trey. He, he was he was out there showing the, like the social economics of the of the community. He was like, "Look at over here. Look at all this opportunity. Mm-hmm. If we just buy in our neighborhood. Like we got to do this, and like we weren't even known. We were throwing those uh, <laughs> the movie with the Waynes. He was like, message, message. <laughs> they, that's why he made fun of me because like in case you didn't notice this scene, message. No, one hundred percent. He told me this one night we were just hanging out and um, they didn't have any hookah bars. Yeah. They had this thing called artisanal, but artisanal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Artisanal beers and and you know all yeah. the natural beer thing, and that was their thing out there. And of yeah. course, they did it with all nice wood finishes, so it looks yeah. like Culver City, but you're in a third world country, yeah. you wouldn't know, right? So that was their thing, all these artisanal bars. And I was saying, man, if y'all open up some hookah bars with just a little liquor license, because they love smoking cigarettes like mm-hmm. crazy. I was like, hookah bars would take off here, mm-hmm. and they had a whole little strip. It was nice. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the perfect spot. This reminds yeah. me of like kind of Beverly Hills. This a little bit. You get your little hookah bars. They would go crazy. You get your little plants, your little lights. It's new. He was like, what? Yeah. You're an American. You came to the best part of our neighborhood and thought of what you could do to make it better? <laughs> <laughs> this is the best part of town. This is the yeah. Beverly Hills of town. And you walked over and said, nah, y'all need hookah bars. Y'all, y'all ain't even lit enough. Y'all ain't even lit enough. Y'all ain't lit enough. And he was Man. like, yeah, you're, you're an American. So I, I didn't realize that yeah. until then. So, I mean, I think as, as far as my dad leaving the country, mm-hmm. I think, you know, as you begin to grow and experience more and see more, you want to do more. It, it, do you, you feel like do he it falls here. under that category of like, he's an American now, or he still has like, obviously you can't get rid of your, your old ways. Like no matter right. what, I'm from LA, no matter where I live, yeah. I'll always be from LA. I'll always right. be an LA dude. Like, Certain things just, it's just not going to go away. Like even, <laughs> On my on my flight here, I was pa- passing the duty free. The guy from Melbourne, he was like, "Where are you?" He was like, you, "You're from California, huh?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You're from Southern California." I was like, "Yeah." He was like, uh, "Santa Bernardino." I was like, "Nah, bro." <laughs> like, like, nah, nah bro, nah, 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 not like, quite. <laughs> I'm from LA. Like, ain't that many black people in Santa Bernardino? But like, it was just like he recognized. I don't think they give the black community in, in San Bernardino enough credit. It's probably damn near. <laughs> Sorry 35%. to all the black people that live in San Bernardino. <laughs> Sorry. Plenty of niggas in For all y'all. If I ever you go get out there, I'll probably never be in San Bernardino. Don't um, say that. Don't say that. Let's keep it friendly for San Bernardino in the Riverside County, man. They got a lot of shit going so, on out there. Yeah, I don't They where? gang bang out there. No, no, I'll tell you that much. I 100% They're believe it. Gang bang me, out there. Where is San Bernardino? I don't even know. It's a know. county. There's Los so Angeles the County. Bernardino, yeah, there's Riverside San Bernardino County. County. But just the IE, it's popping. Okay, I've been in San Bernardino. I almost lived in San Bernardino County um, when I was going up uh, north because it's huge. It goes halfway to Bakersfield down there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. It's huge. I used to sell a lot of mixtapes there. Marino yeah. Valley, shout out to everybody out there, man. They definitely supported. There was always cool. So, yeah, and no, I got a lot, of, a lot of love for the IE. Yeah, yeah. You, we will get into that because you used to be in the streets selling the mixtapes a lot. But so so your, your, your dad came to the States. Then he met your mom, and he like I think from what I recall, because of course I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Met, 
But um, I think he was working valet at some place. Game her up. Game her up. I need your number. Yeah, I need your number. I need, like, I need, I need, that, I need that chocolate. Boom, bam, bam. Life. They had you. <laughs> they had you. Your mom was already out here. They had you. Now you're. And see, my mom was the type. My mom moved out of her mom's house, you know, family's house when she was 18. Yeah. She lived in Compton, moved to West Hollywood. Okay. And my mom has been on some Beatles. Her best friend's a white lady, Chloe, my godmother, love her to death. But, like, yeah. my mom is on some, like, Oh, so she never, met your dad and was like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, my mom, you know, yeah. to keep it honest, my mom dated nothing but white boys. Yeah. Nothing but she, Italians <laughs> and nothing. That was her thing. So whatever. She was like, like, yeah, I'm out here. She was on some Eric Clapton I, shit. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Shout out so, to mom so, for that. Yeah, mom's was out yeah. moving and shaking, doing her thing. So, you know, in the, in the in the clubs and parties in West Hollywood and, you know, just, just living her life. And so that's where she met my dad. And my dad was on some, you know, foreigner, you know. You're beautiful. Like, yeah, you're beautiful. I came here to do something different. Yeah, you know. So yeah. So they, so you guys, you know, they got got together. You now you're you're in L. A. in a city that um, I would say has a lot going on. Um, it's very busy. A lot of sirens, a lot of traffic, mm-hmm. a lot of um, a lot of gang banging, um, a lot of police brutality. Like it's just so many ways, you know, in here. And like I didn't realize. The big of a city. Did you ever like visit Argentina when you were young? I visited when I was twelve or thirteen, or right around. Did that put anything in perspective for you? Or absolutely. You, like what? Speak to that. Well, I saw you know, I saw a real a real shanty town, like a real ghetto, like real poverty, real poverty. I, I was I talking saw, to somebody today. I was like, our hoods have grass. No, more 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 <laughs> importantly, our hoods have running water, <laughs> running water, electrical lines. <laughs> The the emergency systems may come late, but they do come. <laughs> they do come. The welfare system may be flawed, but we have a welfare system. Yeah. Um. You know, the Medicare system may be flawed, but we have a hospital. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's a doctor to complain to. He's not doing a good enough job. Yeah. It's not like that everywhere. It's not. You know? And also, just the culture is different. So that let's say you did break your arm. They may just go ahead and wrap that up, do the thing, because uncle so-and-so been doing, you know, you cool. Yeah. So when I saw real houses made of sheet metal. Yeah. Like really yeah. made of like, 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 like sticks, like, yeah. or, or, you know, some sort of stilts to put it together. Probably sheet metal like wall. a 10 by 8 shed too. Just a shed. And yeah. kids playing soccer with no shoes on, you know. And I was on the way to visit my grandma who was in a, 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 an old folks home because she had dementia. Yeah. Or, or I'm sorry, Alzheimer's. So, you know, yeah, it, you, you, you get to see real poverty. Real poverty. Another thing I also got to see being in Argentina was the, um, what do we call it? Not forward progression, but upward mobility. Mm. The ability to come from lower class to middle class to hey, upper class. Hey, shout out to Cardi B. <laughs> and I fucking love Cardi B. I love I don't, Cardi B. Whoever don't like Cardi B, don't say that fo- shit in front of me because I'm, I'm her fan. Okay? I, I love her when she had like 50,000 followers and I was like, who is this girl? I, I remember her on Instagram saying, hoes don't get cold. Oh, and I was yeah. like, this is true. All the hoes I know are always scantily clad. Yeah. Every single time you see yeah, them. Like, no matter what weather, it could be like, Vegas in the middle of the winter with the with the winds blowing and they got their right. legs out and the titties out. That's what they do. That's the, that's the only, like one thing you can do in this country. It, it, it warrants entrepreneurship you learned from from seeing that seeing poverty seeing those things you were able to learn some some core things that are like i don't got it as bad as like 
this dude over here, like, that even got Jays to get robbed, like... That part. <laughs> like, that part. To, to even have the Jays to be robbed. You, then, to, you know, you have to understand what your blessings are. What your blessings are. Yeah, I, and I think that's kind of a key part of the reason why I didn't gangbang. Yeah. Like, I understood what we were going through, but I also understood what we weren't going through. Yeah. You know, and then having a family that kind of taught me black history as well of what we went through in the 60s and the civil rights movement and kind of everything up until the crack era and then till now and you're trying to tell me that I don't have options? Yeah. I, I, I do. I and do. And I, and I know that all I have to do is kind of just go to the other side of town and try a little harder and put myself in this position, go into this opportunity. Yeah. But I do have options. So when you tell me like, nah, you from the jungles, you got to be a blood. If you walk across this side of town, you're from 60s, you got to be a crip. Nah, actually, bro, I, I, there's so way we, more to and, it than that. And I'm we, cool. We, I interviewed uh, uh, Corbin from 40 Tons, and he was telling me the hood he lived in. And he was, like, basically between a bunch of hoods. And, like, he knows a lot of dudes. And, like, what would, what would you say to that young kid that actually... You know, he, he, he wants to, he doesn't want to be a part of this, but he thinks that's life. Because I feel like these, the L.A. is not as lit as it was when we were growing up and even before we were growing up. Right. But I feel like even the kids now are more so like clout chasing and pressure. Right. You know, what right. they, you, they feel pressure to be with the shit, even with, though yeah, the like, times don't call for that. Yeah. And it's like you calling somebody online like somebody you got to pull up like somebody could pull up on you like i'm not about to tell you oh i see you on here and everything's internet game so what would you tell to that kid that like is looking to get into that life that wants to head on a narrower path and and not necessarily because i'm sure you like messed up still <laughs> but not decide to be affiliated i would say to any kid that's going through it right now feeling any peer pressure there's a it's a marathon it's a long game yeah, absolutely you know you don't you can't necessarily um comprehend you can't comprehend life at that early stage because you've only lived such a short amount of life yeah you know now i'm 36 that means three years of 12 right yeah if you're 12 you've only lived one set of 12 one set of 12 and it's been a developmental set at that yep from the very beginning to the end, you're a plant growing. You know, I, it, the more you see animals, plants, babies grow, businesses come and go, cities come and fade, uh, recessions come and go. Yep. A, a guy you know turn to a girl. Like, look, man, there's a. It's a marathon. Yeah. Everything is not so final and so decided right now. So, don't feel so much pressure to make such final decisions or such important decisions right now. There's a whole lot more going on and. Also, I would tell uh, any young person out there feeling any peer pressure, other people don't give as much of a fuck about you as you think. Yeah. You think people are so concerned about you and counting your losses and talking so much shit and clowning you all day, all night. They're not. They're not. Uh, e even if someone does talk shit about you, yeah. five, ten minutes, then they move on to the next thing they're talking shit about. A and, lot of it is because you have to be around them all the time. You have to see them. Well, I've learned with kids, yeah. like, as an adult, I, I don't have to be around certain people. I could just remove myself. As a kid, you go to school with those people. Like yeah. You see those people every day. Right. So their energy is forced to be around you. You don't even know what they're going going through. Like I always say there's a story of like and when so I was going through at home when, yeah. when they're not at school. Yeah, right. like when when I was in when I was in high school, bro, like I, I 
told the story a few times this weekend. Like, there was a kid that actually f- really wanted to kill me. Mm-hmm. Like, legit. And, like, I didn't know what, why or what, but, like, I knew that was the threat. I knew that wasn't what it was. But I was, I learned how to avoid him and avoid his energy and not move where he was moving because of the safety of my life. But it's right. like, right. you know, as a kid, you know, you can't control that. And as an adult, we're able to get out. And so, you know, finding that confidence is important to to make you want to just go out and 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 try to do something positive, try to do something different, right. and and be able to speak up and say that. And I think that's the main thing: being able to speak up and say, you know, well, I, I, don't, I, I think I'm one, good. One thing you said right there was key is confidence. Yeah, you know, and I, and one thing I hope some of those young people that find themselves in those awkward positions, I don't quite fit in positions, whatever it is, yeah. whether it's gangbang culture, whether it's just you know the social culture in school. You don't find yourself fitting in. Um, it takes a lot of confidence to be yourself, yeah. despite the fact that you don't fit in. It takes a lot of confidence to be yourself. It takes a lot of confidence Man. to be yourself, despite the fact that you don't fit into people's norms. So, when you see the other people who do fit into the norm, and it's and they're so confident, keep in mind it's easy to be super confident when you're the captain of the football team. Yep. It's easy to be super confident when you're six foot six, shoulders this big, hair flowing, everybody loves you, and you're going to whatever college. Yeah. It's kind of easy. It's easy to be confident when you're when you're already a pretty girl with long flowing hair. Even and they cannot flowing. be confident because they're looking at somebody else's measuring stick. That like, part, that you know, part. I'm, you don't I'm, even really know what's I'm going on. I'm six foot five, but man, I wish I was six nine. And like, and like, like I'm the captain of the football team, but like, I'm not getting any scholarships to any school. Like, well, like you say, you don't know what's going on home. I'm six foot five, captain of the football team, and my dad still doesn't love me. Yeah. He still won't give me validation. <laughs> you suck, Jimmy. You suck, and it hurts my feelings. <laughs> and all this confidence is me actually overcompensating for how I really. <laughs> yeah, but this this is the real thing. So you just have to understand if you're that. You you clearly stand out. Other people stand out in their hearts. Maybe not yeah. outside, but they stand out in their hearts. But you stand out a little bit more clearly. It takes a lot of confidence to be yourself. Yeah. So have some fucking pride in that. You know, did, let people did, know, yeah, I'm different than y'all, and fuck y'all. When did you, you know? gain confidence in being yourself? You know, be, the, the, being, mine, mine happened when I became a dad. Okay. I, if I'm being, being honest. You know what it is with me, honestly? I'm an artist. Yeah. My confidence wanes at times. Mm-hmm. My confidence wanes, even as an adult, right? Let's be honest. I, I suffer from depression and anxiety at times. I recognize it. Confidence wanes, it comes and goes, depending yeah. on what you may have experienced. You know, you can't, you can't lie to yourself. Mm. If something happens that hurts your ego, you have to actually take a moment to sit back and lick your wound and go, you know, that kind of hurt. Yeah. That's just being real, being human. I, I, I'm not one that's trying to deny myself of the human experience. Yeah. So if I'm hurt, I'm hurt. Okay. Yeah. I, I, know I, I know I have to get back up. I know I have to get back up. Man. But, um, you know, I've, I've been made fun of before. I've made fun of people. I've been the coolest guy in the room. What they, they call you? Because you're a pretty cool guy, man. Thanks, man. Every time I go, so I, you are the coolest guy in the room. You I know, used to be called there. Sideshow Bob. Okay. The, <laughs> used to be called Sideshow Bob. Um, you know, I, I used to be told I talk like a white boy. Yeah. You know, just, just you stuff talk, like that. You talk proper. You talk proper. Exactly. <laughs> and all I'm saying but, is... Over time, it just takes a lot of confidence to just be yourself and stand up in that. You yeah. know? I've been called the mix nigger or light skin and da-da. You know, it yeah. takes time to just stand up in that. It ta- and it takes time to understand the advantages of that, too. Yeah. And it also takes time for you to realize, I am who I am, and that is not going to change. You, you know, 
no matter what I do, no matter who, even if, even if you don't like me, and even if all the shit you just said about me is 100% true, true I, that's who I am, man. What you yeah. want me to do? So, you know, after a while, you kind of get comfortable in your skin. Hopefully, you get there earlier than later. Yeah. One of the things, I wasn't the best dresser when I was young. Yeah, high LA is super fashionable. LA is very big on fashion, yeah. very big on the kicks and yeah. the, having the fresh <laughs> shit. At Palisades, we got away with wearing flip flops and white tees. Right. I went to John Burroughs. So it was all about, yeah, you know, at the time. Yeah, at the time city. it was Sacconi's, Jordan's, Old Navy, when that oh was fresh gosh. and was new. Supporting all these brands. Right. And I wasn't fly like that. And so yeah. they made fun of me. And so after the first semester of that of being made fun of, yeah. What else, right. what else I got? Y'all already got the jokes off, man. Y'all already got the jokes off. And by the way. His real name is Clarence. <laughs> and by the way, though, I got these bars. Yeah. And when I spit the. You said, oh. So apparently, my goofy ass clothes don't even matter. Because I had the best punchline. So your confidence came people. with your bars. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also kind of, y'all already trashed me. Yeah. Okay. My confidence came with girls. Yeah. The, they gave me confidence. And that's always, part two. Because dudes used to talk about me, but the girls like me. The girls like you. So <laughs> I used to be like, okay. all right. Like, yeah. Sorry, dude. You know what it was with me? It was always the girls liked me. The girls I liked didn't like me. I yeah. wanted her to like me. Yeah, she yeah, don't yeah. like me. I stopped caring about those girls. Like, whatever. Yeah, I, I, it took me a while to get over that, <laughs> to become an adult and go, no, fuck yeah. it. That works. You that know what I'm saying? But yeah, that was for me. It was like, I had a crush on her, and yeah. 10 other girls had a crush on me, but I was obsessed with her because I wanted what I wanted. Yeah. Nah, that's real. Like, yeah, nah, that's real. I got what I wanted. My wife, shout out to her. Yeah. Now, she was like my first real girlfriend. Like, no shade to anybody else, but she was my first real girlfriend. I oh, remember. That's what's up. So you I, married your first real girlfriend? I married my first real girlfriend. That's beautiful, man. I always told her, though, and I just, I just recently told her this. When I was in high school, because I liked her so much, when I would meet other girls, like, I would, like, whatever. Like, I didn't care because I was like, I got somebody that liked me, that I like, that's like, Yeah, there's hot, a thing like, going on here. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. So yeah. it just, I think... The, that forced me to not give a fuck yeah. and focus on whatever I need to focus on. Um, so whatever that is, you got to find what's going to give you that confidence because if you don't love yourself, then like, cause no one is supposed to love you or care about you, but God, it's like, no one's you know, obligation like, to love yeah, you. It's no one's obligation. Yeah. And like, I think with me to also realize like when we're young, junior high, high school, we're going through puberty. Everyone's yeah. growing up. You almost feel forced to be sexual yeah and i think some of us we're all different you know blooming at different times yeah you might not have been your your super horny self or like you yeah. know that might not have been you at the time you had other things you were trying figuring to do out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my first girlfriend broke up with me because i wasn't like you weren't trying to bang around every yeah, five not seconds. my wife but the one before that because yeah. i wasn't trying to do that like yeah, right. and i was you like just weren't there you were a kid I was not there at all and like i learned i was like damn and that kind of forced me into that you're right yeah. um which is crazy like because I, I wasn't thinking about that and i was writing raps i was awkward with girls yeah didn't have the full confidence in myself didn't yeah. know shit is i don't know what i'm doing shit i don't know if you don't like this or not you know what i'm saying what was and your then, first bar what we my first bar yeah like, as a rapper yeah something about shooting threes i remember that all I remember, right i remember you, you hoop? oh yeah of course i always hoop you know what i'm saying Man, always, we never hooped Never, we've, know, hooped, no, we've hooped in your backyard. Okay. But we were adults at the time. I remember this. I think I got a 15, 20 minute warm up. And when you saw me, you was like, you're already warmed up. I'm not fucking with you. And you just like, kept, kept it pushing. And yeah, got once I got old, I don't hoop. I used to hoop with Mike. 
Yeah, no, Mike Hoops. Yeah, Mike's a hooper. Mike. Shout out, shout out to yeah, Mike. Yeah, shout out to like, Mike. Yeah, like I used to definitely hoop with Mike, and I was, I was, I was never like the great player, but I was always the good player. I did my yeah. job. I helped my team win. Yeah, I helped my team win. Like I contribute. All my coaches like me. I was a good locker room presence. There you go. Good teammate. There like you go. I, I showed up. Coaches played me, and I did my job. I did like, my job. I played man. tough defense. I definitely blocked some shots. I get some steals. I'm in the passing lanes. Yeah, nah, that, that's that's real. 